What's up, everybody? Oh, this is the second attempt at this, man. I didn't realize in the first the first broadcast that I tried to do that most of it wasn't, uh, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't hear anything. So this is my second attempt at, at doing this. So if you're seeing it again, hi, hi again. Um, so the reason why I'm I'm doing this is the impending food shortages that we keep hearing about. Um, and also some other information that I came across uh, by talking to an individual uh, yesterday or the day before, James Rogowski, and he was made me aware of some other stuff that's very important. So what I'm going to do is play some videos for you. And, uh, you know, as always, you know, use your own discernment and, uh, you know, figure it out for yourself, do your own research. But I have all of the links to everything that you're going to see down in the description. And I'll go through all of this. So if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe. I need some subscribers. I need more subscribers. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, that, that's it. So subscribe, like, do all the things that you need to do. Share this. Um, after you watch it, you may may want to share it. So here we go. Um, and tell me if you can't hear, please. I don't want to do this again for nothing. So I'm going to do the process right now. As we're going, because part of it was that last time. So I'm going to share screen. Screen one. Share system sound. Share. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> remove. Nope, still doing it. So kick it out. Sorry about that. I'd rather do it now than, than go through a whole nother hour like that one was where this is happening again. I'm going to try it one time. There we go. All right. So here we go. This is the Ice Age Farmer. Uh, it's a channel that I follow on Telegram, uh, IceAgeFarmer.com also. So here we go. My friends, welcome. There's so much going on with respect to the controlled demolition of our food supply that I scarcely know where to begin this report. In fact, I just realized that it's that itself, which is the most important thing to share, that when we step back from these individual things that I'll talk about, that, it, that if we pretend we were some alien species in a faraway space watching humanity, we would be scratching our heads and asking ourselves right now, and rightly so, understandably so, what the hell is going on down there right now? It seems like they've completely given up all hope of, of continuing as a species. They're just stopping their food production. They're not planting their crops in many cases or they're changing to different things at the last second. They're not fertilizing the crops they do have. The greenhouses that they spent tons of money and years building pieces. are empty or now because of some economic reason. We can give reasons for these things, but they give reasons for killing off their pigs because of Japanese encephalitis, killing off their fish because of bacterial outbreaks at the fisheries. California is not even bothering to stock the lakes and rivers this year. They're just giving up. Texas is killing off their deer. Other places, too, killing off their deer because of chronic wasting disease. 
Northern Ireland killing off their sheep because of cow farts, basically, because of CO2. What is wrong with humanity? They're killing off hundreds of millions of chickens, as we've talked about, as lots of people are now talking about, because of bird flu. But not only that, they're immediately firing all of the workers, hundreds of workers at these factories. This is an example I'll look at today, where a single PCR test, one PCR test, immediately they turned around management, killed off millions of birds, and then fired hundreds of workers that have been there. There's no plan to restart that capacity, obviously. That's just gone now. And they've been investing money in AI to weigh the eggs and all this stuff, but they got the memo. It's time to turn off animal agriculture at this point. Animals are dirty and dangerous. We're figuring out they have antibiotic-resistant superbugs, and it's just too dangerous to continue keeping animals now. In fact, the mainstream media is even running cover stories now, saying it is true that there have been hundreds of fires at these food processing plants, but it's a conspiracy theory. It did happen, but it's a conspiracy theory. It's literally what they're saying. In fact, this article has the Ice Age farmer uh, food supply spontaneous combustion map on it. It's all it's it's conspiracy theories. Uh, the fires did happen, though, and they. Another article, in fact, if you look, this is another key. I've mentioned this before. When you see hundreds of articles coming out within the span of a couple hours that all have basically the same boilerplate text straight from Operation Mockingbird headquarters, you can tell the talking points went out. And this went out today, uh, a new brand of conspiracy theories around kamikaze planes and food fires. The food processing plants are are all conspiracy theories. Tons of different headlines running from different outlets about this food fires conspiracy theory and Tucker is to blame for it. And in fact, even this channel specifically is now branded Russian disinformation. I'm told that if you try and post my videos to Facebook now, you get this warning that uh, Ice Age Farmer is potentially under the control of the Russian government, which is fascinating. And I'm waiting for my check. Now, this should just be funny to me, except it also is still relevant given that the U.S. government just created their board of disinformation. What that means is that anyone who's deviating from the establishment narrative in any way, even if you're just telling people to grow food like I am, can now expect to be labeled Russian disinformation and summarily censored from the Internet. But that's to be expected. You can't talk about becoming self-sufficient. In times of engineered food shortages, gardening itself becomes an act of rebellion. And that's where we are now. And that's the bottom line, really, is that when you're looking, when we're the aliens looking at Earth, asking, why are they giving up? What, what is, what's happened down there? When you look at the ending stocks, according to the USDA's latest numbers for the U.S., across nine different staple commodities and oil seeds, uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, oats, cotton, canola, sorghum, and barley, all at relatively low levels and needing, as Naomi points out here, we need a bumper crop. And yet, where are we now? We have supply chain challenges, fertilizer shortages, uh, other inputs shortages, like glyphosate having a force majeure declared on it, tractor parts shortages, cold and a rainy spring, meaning we still haven't been in the fields planting in many cases. That's what these 0% progress means. And so as always understated Arlen Suderman says, this means we're planting in less than ideal conditions, and that's going to impact yield potential. In other words, we're not going to get that bumper crop. And that is really the bottom line here is that uh, all the run-up in food prices and problems that we're having already we're experiencing is just the the bare bones warm-up 
to the real food crisis ahead. That's why they have uh, all this stuff in the media about using food as a weapon of war from Russia. That's why Chancellor Schultz in Germany just got up and said, we're going to have a global hunger crisis, saying the same thing that Trudeau and Biden have also said now. This is them fulfilling that karmic duty, the lesser magic of telling people what's coming so that if you now fail to prepare for it, well, you are complicit in our creation of this crisis. That's why they're all telegraphing this right now. That's why CEOs of major food companies like Goya is up there saying we're on the cusp of a global food crisis. This is why John Podesta ran the food chain reaction game six years ago and told us this was going to happen. So for years, we have known that this was in the cards, that there would be an engineered food crisis and it would be used to usher in the uh, total transformation of food that the Rockefellers and the E-Lancet Commission and so on and so forth have openly called for and talked about how they're going to do this. We've known this was coming. The question that remained with the, the bargaining process, you know, it's part of a grieving process when you, maybe it's not as bad as uh, that was going on for me and perhaps for others. If I'm totally candid with you guys today is maybe it won't be that bad, right? We saw with COVID that they created this thing and they ginned up the numbers and they pushed the fear out to the media and they certainly took control. They locked everything down. But it's not like there were ever really people dying on the streets, right? There were some crazy TikToks out of China, but that we really just didn't have the reality to reinforce the, the media describing this, this total pandemic of, of craziness, right? It didn't stop them from taking control, but there was no real crisis. And I've wondered, would we have the same thing here? Would they tell us there's a food crisis and maybe there's a couple things missing from the shelves, but at the end of the day, it's not really a big deal. We all go home you know, decently fed? Uh, or would it really be the, the full-blown Holodomor depopulation plan? And the, you know, the brutal reality, and, I, and I'm still, you can tell, I'm, I'm slow to want to talk about it. it is a dark future that we are walking into right now. And I am still doing my own bargaining and grieving because I don't want to experience it any more than anybody else does. But it is pretty clear by... The, the things that they have set into motion at this point, we have passed that point of no return and we're headed for a really hard landing. And so that's why we need to be working as quickly as possible to stand up a decentralized food supply. And so we'll talk more about that as well. But I just wanted to open today with that 50,000 foot view of a species that has not just given up on feeding itself, but is actually actively, aggressively attacking every avenue it has of supplying itself with food. And so it will be left only with those individuals who take responsibility for their own food production. Welcome. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. A man makes a living breeding the animals. The state of Texas is trying to euthanize some of them. Authorities say several of the animals have what's known as chronic wasting disease, also known as zombie beer deer disease. I may be broke before it's over, but I don't want you to kill my deer. CWD is a real disease. It's a political disease. A letter in March reads Parks and Wildlife will have to euthanize deer on the property called depopulation. They're using it to put deer breeders out of business. That's my opinion. The Williams have 497 deer, bucks and does. That'll break our heart if they kill all those deer. We've offered several alternative management options that would not include complete depopulation. Their herd plans have been ridiculous. I won't sign a herd plan of the way they're written. I guess I love deer like I love my family, nearly. 
in Hunt County. I hadn't shed a tear yet. I'm doing all my anger trying to stop them. Yep. So there you hear the gentleman has 1,500 acres of privately owned land, and yet the state of Texas wants to come in and kill his deer. It seems like that's all the government wants to do anywhere is come test animals and then kill them. I'm glad the state is not my doctor. We should probably keep it that way. So I thought the gentleman was well-spoken when he said that this is not a real threat. It is, quote, a political disease that they're using to put deer breeders out of business. Although I will add that it's not just deer breeders. They're actually using this same chronic wasting disease line to uh, affect all hunting in general. So here's a press release from Hardin County, Tennessee, that says, oh, we've detected chronic wasting disease in wild deer. And now if you go hunting, you need to get your deer tested. And that is uh, accompanied by a new map of chronic wasting disease, danger zones and restrictions on where you can take your deer after you go hunting. You can't take it out of the, the county in order to help stop the spread and so on and so forth. Again, any one of these things might be understandable in its own context. But when you take the totality of what's going on here, it's just absolutely absurd. It's mathematically impossible. That's all this, all this is going on right now. And it's not just hunting, it's fishing too. And in California, they've detected new outbreaks of lactococcus, which is prompting them to kill over 600,000 fish. Now they killed 3.2 million fish last year. <laughs> so we're doing better. But uh, notwithstanding, you can read here, all lots of catchable fish will be euthanized and not planted. So they won't have fish in the lakes and streams of the Sierra Nevada this year. It's also worth noting the uh, pathologists believe that it may have carried into the hatcheries by wild birds, just like the bird flu. Again, that migratory bird vector being invoked here, whatever you believe. Uh, it's not just on the West Coast. Also, there's fisheries that are being closed down on the East Coast. This is an article. All the links are going to be below. This is an article about how Canada had planned to shut down all of their salmon farms, although now that's being pushed back in the courts. But don't worry, there are still other efforts to make the case that the whole eastern seaboard has been overfished and that we need to just stop fishing for the next couple of years here. Just, just as we enter a global food crisis and Justin Trudeau is talking about food shortages, let's also shut down the fisheries. Right? You can't make up the kind of policy decisions and there's there's a, many more here we'll have to talk about unfortunately now i mentioned this one already this got a lot of press because of the disgusting way in which in which the birds were killed with a ventilation shutdown i don't even want to talk about that what i want to focus on is the fact that as soon as and you can read here let me blew it up as soon as they detected a single case of bird flu this large billionaire owned chicken facility um, turned around and killed 5.3 million hens. And then within the hour after that was done, turned around and fired off over 300 workers that have been there for years. So clearly they're not going to restart that production. And the question I'm asking is who made the call to this guy who owns Rembrandt farms, but also basketball teams and other things uh, and said, you need to shut down your farm. Because you don't get a single PCR test back and then kill millions of birds and fire everybody. Especially not if, you know, you look at this company, Rembrandt Farms has been putting millions of dollars into AI research. Here, here's an entire piece about counting eggs with AI and all of the investment they've done in how to count eggs using computer vision. He expects it to pay off in the next, here's a quote, I expect this to pay off for years to come and then 
a single PCR test destroys the entire operation. It's a pretty interesting event. So all of these things are worth considering. Of course, they're pushing hard on the bird flu narrative. There was a human uh, transmission, zoonotic transmission to a human in Colorado just the other day. So we'll keep an eye on that. I want to talk more about the planting delays because, as we mentioned, our ending stocks for grains are low. Uh, the rest of the world is having bad seasons. China's the worst ever season. Ukraine and Black Sea is completely offline. South America has been riding down their yields. And so all eyes were on America. And now we're having a cold, wet spring. Farmers are unable to get into the fields. And this is on top of fertilizer shortages, uh, other inputs being unavailable. Um, so this map from Arlen Suderman was indicating that planting progress is way behind where it should be. And this has hap- I've seen other years where we were way befi- behind and made a huge comeback. So this alone would not be a nail in the coffin. Um, just to, to be very clear, this is not doom and gloom. Look at this one data point. We're going to freak out. No, it's they could come back from that if it weren't for all these other things like the fact that we can't get inputs and fertilizers for our crops. Uh, and so here's some farmers on Twitter who are saying, I'm not going to be able to plant this week. It's raining again. Now it's going to be at least mid-May before we can get in the fields. And that really is starting to affect yields at that point. Uh, Nebraska as well. It's totally underwater there. Not much planting going on this week. This combination of weather warfare, fires at food processing plants, and other economic warfare that's just unbelievable. The, the damage is unbelievable right now. Illinois, also offline. Uh, winter wheat still falling further in its condition. I mentioned before it was the worst in 10 years. Now it's the worst since 1989. Multi-decadal poor wheat quality. No, Kathy did um, You'd think the government would she did. Kathy, put Kathy more took acres her, into took action instead of putting more acres into conservation. She could go hang out that request there. was denied by the Biden administration. Canada went a step further and said, we need to stop farming grains because they're yeah, a major no, source of carbon emissions. So again, yeah, it, it, it's like I said at the outset, just, when you step she, back far enough, you see she a wanted to hang out with her, so shut down of food production. All, right. all according to plan so that they can transform the food system like they told us they were going to do in the Rockefeller reports. If you step back far enough, it's all very clear what's going on right now. Uh, Ireland making that same trade-off, saying we need to get rid of sheep because they have too many cow farts. And so we're going to get rid of a million sheep over the next few years here in order to meet our climate targets. It's just staggering. But the most uh, egregious example of new legislations and bad policy decisions around the food supply that I've come across in the last, I don't know, six hours was uh, this one from Victoria, Australia, where they're talking about uh, amendments to agriculture legislation. And the bill goes into quite a few aspects of how they can are taking more control over food production, uh, able to walk onto farms without presenting ID. If you give them the wrong answers, you're going to be fined $1,800 instead of $10. And they're going to call it misleading information now. So all of a sudden we're really the farm police here. We demand accurate answers. We no longer even need landowner consent before making uh, samples of your crops or your livestock. We can just take your animals and kill them, do whatever you want. They're really aggressively taking control. This again, there's like I said, there's so much to cover right now. This deserves a video all to itself to mobilize people in Australia to keep this from happening in Victoria. If you do that video, send me a note and I'll spread it. We all need to be talking about this right now. Uh, Ice Age Farmer at ProtonMail.com. The same is true for this series of stories. The fact that the media just ran a blit hundreds. You can do a search right now for food plant fires 
And instead of seeing all the fires now, you'll see the hundreds of articles saying, look, nothing to see here. Quote, experts say there's no truth to rumors. Ah, I feel so much better. There's no truth to this rumor. Videos, quote, no. People are not setting food processing plants on fire. No. (laughs) It reminds me of the headline language that they used around the uh, mini ice age. No. The earth is not heading for a mini ice age. When they put the negation right there in the headline and they publish it from hundreds of news outlets on the same day within hours, you know this is a talking point that went out, this denial. It's amazing to see. It's, it's informative to see that. So leave it there. Uh, and that goes out even as there are even more fires. Just in the last 24 hours, right this, this morning, there's been one in... Uh, Fresno, California, and another one in a bakery in the UK, which is not pulling up. So, uh, and it's affecting things, right? You can call it a conspiracy theory or not. It doesn't matter. The quote fires at food processing plants are resulting in result, reduced capacity delays and layoffs. In fact, one food processor had to go ahead and lay off their entire workforce of 230 people. So it's like the chicken fires. It doesn't matter. We can debate who's doing it or why or whatever you want all day long. The bottom line is this is impacting the food supply and you need to be growing your own food today. And so with that in mind, I will ask you to join ice age farmer telegram at t.me slash ice age farmer off of which there are a series of groups like gardening birds, beekeeping canning and preserving your stuff all of these chat groups that are all about how you can start growing and preserving more of your own food and get away from these toxic systems of enslavement that are now under complete attack that are being dismantled before our eyes right food and energy and everything that that we've been enjoying is going away uh just today in the beekeeping group at iaf bees this image was posted showing uh, a swedish beekeeper who had created a local currency based on honey because it keeps forever. So he created something called the clover. I think this is, I think seeds also are a great alternative currency. Remember they were one of the first official currencies, barley as a matter of fact, Uh, but many others since then because they are a store of value and they're highly portable. Seeds are a great currency. I don't care if it's honey or seeds. I'm just saying that you need to be growing your own food. You need to be getting away from these currencies, which are being destroyed and replaced by the central bank digital currency, perfect control mechanism. Uh, You need to get off of their power grid and either not care about electricity or figure out other ways of generating it from water or whatever. Um, Get away from these systems and then start building communities rapidly. Right now, I think everyone can see the threat. And that's why this is a different conversation than it's been. Everyone can see what's going on. They may disagree on why it's happening. But it's clear we all need to be moving rapidly towards uh, decentralized systems of self-sufficient communities. And uh, that's the only way we have a future for our kids at this point. So, folks, let's go build those futures. You can find this report on IceAgeFarmer.com. You cannot find my videos on YouTube anymore. You'll need to check out that website or BitChute.com slash IceAgeFarmer for the years worth of videos about the destruction of our food supply, who's doing it, and why, and how to fight back. So see me there. If you value this broadcast, if you appreciate this information, then you can help me keep it running. There's a few ways to do that listed at iceagefarmer.com slash support. And I very genuinely appreciate your help. Thanks for watching, folks. Be well.
All right, that's the first one. Uh, let's get out of this. Pause that. Come on, pause, pause, pause. <sighs> so, I mean, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, everything that uh, is happening. What on earth is a Lomi, and why? Is it's pretty crazy. Everything that, that's happening right now around this this food thing. So, one of the things that he, he had talked about is the spontaneous combustions and the fires and and all of the the processing plants that are going up in flames. And that's that's interesting as well. And so if you look here, uh, I counted them up, and there were from Monday, April, or no, from the last the first the last one that was on here was Friday, August 9th, twenty nineteen, to Monday, April eighteenth, twenty twenty two. The day that I had received this, another one went on fire too. So you have. Uh, an or a place in Oregon fire fire an airplane crashed into one. That's interesting, huh? You didn't hear about any of that in the news. And you got uh, fire 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 boiler explosion explosion. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it, take what you, you want from it. It's just pretty interesting that uh, that 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 that's kind of happening. Um, I don't know, man. A coincidence. We have coincidences. I mean, how many times in our lives do you, can you like really name of coincidences happening that were memorable, right? We've had how many coincidences in the last three years? Pretty amazing to me, but nothing to see here. Nope. Nope. Just business as usual. All right. This next one I'm going to play for you is a, it's a band dot video, uh, Big Pharma set to control entire food supply. How, what? How is that? How, how can Big Pharma entire and, and control the entire food supply? Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum. Okay, well, here we go with this guy, Bill Gates. The guy didn't graduate college, but somehow he's in everything. Got his hands into all kinds of shit, huh? All right, Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum, which is another name that keeps coming up, the World Economic Forum. Why is that? Why does that name keep coming up? Why are they so important? Hmm. Uh, to replace your food with gene-edited produce and lab-grown meat. Lab-grown meat? You mean like that Whataburger, in, in, in Impossible Burger thing? I don't know. Well, let's, let's find out what they're talking about. Be sure to go to ReeseReport.com to see my latest videos, sign up for my free newsletter, and subscribe for... All right, I needed to reset that one, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am firing the bat signal. InfoWars needs your financial support now on, more than ever. And we make it so easy. Ad. We are running a total blowout. During the 1990s, Monsanto Corporation's devastating attack against farmers, their genetically modified frankenfoods, and their neurotoxic pesticides inspired people to push government into legislating certification standards for foods. But thanks to Big Pharma, Bill Gates, and pop culture media brainwashing, Monsanto still stands strong and is ready to take complete control of your food supply. With the help of the same powerful families and foundations who already control the money and the energy. 
Their plans to do so are comprehensively laid out in a recent report published at Cory Diggs. The indoor vertical farming industry, which is a highly innovative and efficient method, is being funded by Bill Gates and pushed by the World Economic Forum as a replacement to conventional outdoor farming. Aero Farms is the industry leader in vertical farming, and they also co-developed the first CRISPR gene-edited produce product and worked with the NIH to produce proteins for the deadly COVID vaccines. Aero Farms makes it clear that they are not conventional gardeners. They are all about synthetic food products, which is clearly the trend in this growing industry. Monsanto is creating specially tailored genetically cut seeds for these vertical farms. And the University of California is developing a plant-based mRNA vaccine that farms can grow in heads of lettuce, which happens to be the main crop of these new farms. These GMO farms already provide food at major outlets, including Kroger, Walmart, and Whole Foods, and are massively expanding. And it's not only fresh produce that's getting genetically modified. The USDA and FDA have already approved genetic modifications on pigs, salmon, and cattle. And they have approved synthetic lab-grown meat. Bill Gates's Good Food Institute plans to reimagine meat production with $10 million of support from the USDA. But in order to make their big pharma food supply the new American model, they will need a major crisis. The 2020 lockdowns distressed the supply chain, which was further affected by U.S. sanctions against Russia. This has created a food shortage crisis. Add to that, over a dozen food processing plants have mysteriously been destroyed in the past several weeks, as well as major fertilizer plants during a major fertilizer crisis. To make matters worse, Union Pacific Railroad forces a 20% reduction in shipments from the world's largest fertilizer company. And when the people demand a solution, as it turns out, Bill Gates is heavily invested in alternative fertilizers and is also a chief stockholder of the Canadian National Railway, who claims to be helping the fertilizer market grow. Perhaps Bill Gates and Monsanto will volunteer to save everyone with their new gene-edited bacteria fertilizer. And maybe it will backfire like it did in Africa, when after 15 years of trying to help, all Gates and Monsanto accomplished was increasing starvation by 31%. But that's okay, because it's Monsanto bear to the rescue with their big pharma food factories with brand new mRNA vaccine lettuce. And as if this wasn't bad enough, the stated goal of this new Franken-food industry is to make all food traceable. And that means coating it all in nanotech. Who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yikes. Right? Holy smokes. That's kind of crazy. So, I mean, that that's pretty crazy in itself. I mean, whoa. Uh, mRNA vaccines and lettuce? <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know. Do, do your own research. 
Here's another one. Uh, Bill Gates thinks we should start eating 100% synthetic beef. Why would we want 100% synthetic beef? Is that that like that uh, stuff in, um, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. But I know that when I saw pictures of uh, food shelves that were bare, right? Some of these places that are having shortages of meat and beef. Um, most of what was there was the fake meat. Nobody wants <laughs> Nobody wants that shit. Nobody wants to eat that crap. Come on. Right, Bill Gates believes the wealthiest countries should switch to eating 100% synthetic beef in order to help combat climate change. And there's climate change again. Uh, so, I mean, there's, you know, carbon emissions. We're going to have a carbon tax credit or carbon tax, I believe, is what they're trying to work on. Uh, you know, so many, so many things going on. The second richest man in the world floated his ideas to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in a new interview with MIT's technology review. I put the link to that in the description as well. I do think rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef, Gates said when asked how to cut back on methane emissions. You can get used to the taste difference, and the claim is they're going to make it taste even better over time. Oh, yay! Great! It's amazing! Um, eventually that green premium is modest enough that you can sort of change the behavior of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand. Oh, you mean manipulate people? Yeah, you guys are great at that. Gates, whose book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, is out Tuesday, also spoke of difficulties in tackling emissions when it comes to livestock and the faux meat may be the way to go noting the popularity of impossible foods and beyond meat. They're not popular. Um, so you can just see it in the stores. They're not very popular at all. Anyways, this link is in the description as well. Uh, what you can do um, if you're worried about this, you know, if you don't, if you want to know what's in your food, the best way to do it is, is, is grow your own, grow your own food. Just like Christian said, the Ice Age Farmer, he said, start growing your own food, preserving, you know, doing all the things. You know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I would go to my grandparents' house and she would, or my, you know, my grandparents, and she would have mason jars full of food and stuff that's in them, you know, from fruit to, to vegetables and all kinds of stuff. And, she preserved food and she came out of the great depression. Both of them did. And, you know, my father, you know, he, he's a, a, a product of that as well because they had such a food insecurity during the great depression that they, they stockpiled food and figured out how to not, you know, if that ever happened again, that, you know, it wasn't going to hit them. And my dad's the same way now. He's got like four freezers full of meat and shit. Uh, all over, you know, even one of it at his work. And so, I mean, that's, that's a product of growing up that way. So interesting stuff. Um, so this is what I'm doing and I'll just show you, cause not only, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you should do this or you should do that. And, you know, and, and that's it. You know, you just hear them talking a lot. Well, you know, this is the first time I've ever tried to do this. So I started my own garden and uh, there's some, some, uh, what do we got? We got some squash, we got spaghetti squash there, some peppers here. Uh, where, where else? Come on. Some corn there. Uh, spaghetti squash. That, that thing's almost as big as a football, to be honest with you. I should have put something next to it, but these things are, are growing amazingly. 
There's some more pumpkin, tomatoes, more corn up on the top. That there's that spaghetti squash plant that came from that that thing. This thing is just going crazy, to be honest with you. Some lettuce. I'm gonna go pick some of that tonight to make fresh salad. Jalapenos that are getting ready to come out. Uh, I'm gonna put those outside soon. There's a bell pepper, spinach, uh, snap peas, carrots, some more lettuce, strawberries, and then composting. Trying to trying to figure out how to how to compost. So all of these things are stuff that we're gonna we're gonna have to start moving to. I'm afraid. You know, it seems like we're, as the supply chain issues reveal themselves, as a lot of this other stuff starts revealing itself, it's seeming more like we're we're going to be forced to have to start doing our own manufacturing again here. And, and you know, the whole global idea just doesn't seem to work. Although they, they want to bring in the new world government. And that's a great segue into the next topic that I have, which is the WHO, the World Health Organization. And a man, a gentleman, a researcher by the name of James Roguski, uh, he reached out. I reached out to him. It was a suggestion from a guest I'm going to have on on Monday, uh, uh, Dr. Kat Lindley. And she had uh, said I might want to get in touch with James. So I did. And uh, we had a great conversation and he made me aware of, of this. So on the 22nd of May this month, they're voting on basically 194 countries, ours included in the United States, are going to be giving up some of our sovereignty as countries. Um, and here, I'm going to let uh, James explain it to you uh, here, but I mean, it's kind of crazy and nobody's really paying attention to this when it was, when, you know, uh, for any of it. So I'm going to play this for you and uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, my little platform here. Thanks for being here. Oh, David, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm going to dive right into it because this isn't about me. This is about an emergency. Uh, I'm normally very calm, cool, and collected, but this is a five-alarm fire. We need all hands on deck. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is very serious. Um, a month or so ago, I uncovered, I did not hack, I just uncovered information that was nicely hidden, and I'm going to dive right into the information. The um, United States Mission to Geneva submitted amendments to the WHO, World Health Organization, that would change international health regulations, which is something that until that time I'd never heard of it, you'd never heard of it. Lawyers I've spoken to said, you know, what are the international health regulations? Well, that's what governs the activity of the WHO. Now, the reason why they did that in January is that in the regulations, when you want to make an amendment, it has to be given four months in advance of the World Health Assembly, which is scheduled for May 22nd to the 28th. So all of our delegates from 194 countries around the world are going to be meeting in Geneva, Switzerland, uh, May 22nd to the 28th. And it's on the agenda that they will be voting to either approve or, or reject um, a slew of amendments to 13 of the articles that are in the international health regulations. David, um, have you have you seen this? Have you heard about this? 
not uh, not in this detail. No, I've um, I think bec- the only reason I've heard a little bit about this is because I saw you on another uh, show in which uh, this certainly got me concerned and got me very worried. So um, please explain uh, in layman's terms what this might mean for the United States. You should be shocked. You should be frightened. You should be angry. I, I don't like to play with people's emotions. So, you know, feel what you want to feel about this. But once you learn what this is, and I'm going to try to explain it. Okay. It's mind bending. There's tons of information. And the core of it goes back to China. And you'll do a better Trump impression of China. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the arguments that happened uh or at least, you know, whatever it is we think we know happened in in Wuhan in 2020, the WHO seems to be of the mindset that none of what came afterwards would have happened if they had only been given the power to unilaterally declare an emergency and override the Chinese opposition. So what happened back in 2020? there's many things that happened, but something yeah. that we know is that they got wind that there was a problem and they went to China to investigate. They didn't get cooperation, so they went away. They came back again. They decided that, yes, this is an emergency. The WHO sent up the alarm, and you, you know everything that happened after that. They seem to believe, the WHO seems to believe, that if they had just had the legal authority to say, China, we don't care what you think. We're saying it's an emergency. We're going to lock everybody down. You know, we're going to take over. We're stepping in. Then none of the next two years would have happened. Forget about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and vaccines and all that sort of stuff. I said that magic word. I don't normally say that. I say biological injections. They want to grab power. And the amendments, um, for those who are detail-oriented, They're changing Article 12, Section 2, and it essentially wipes out 194 nations' sovereignty to decide whether or not, you know, they allow an international organization to step in and and take over. You have a question? Um, Can you just repeat that part about how many uh, nations again, just for the audience to hear it again? Um, The... World Health Organization has 194 members, a couple of observers, and, and, and so forth, and Taiwan is its own little thing. But yeah. it's basically the entire world. So if you're looking for one world government, then vote for these amendments because you'll have it uh, in November. Because the way this is structured, uh, they're going to vote in May, and there's a six part of the um, deal, that the amendments that they're doing, is then there will be six months before... Um, nations have time to comply and change their own, you know, internet, their, their own national laws to comply with this. And in November, you've got your one world government. If you don't get up off your butt right now and go to where you can get all of the information, uh, a friend of mine, and I'm going to try to do her justice. Rima, this is for you. We were talking about it and she said, you know, they're trying to steal our sovereignty. They're trying to take away our, our rights to decide what happens, you know, on our own land. And, and her sort of catchphrase is, don't you dare. Now, there's a finger in there that is appropriate, but she uses all three. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so um, that triggered something in my head. So mm-hmm. all of the information that anybody needs to know is on don'tyoudare.info. My name is James Rogowski. 
my phone number is 310, look at that, 310-619-3055. We have less than four weeks to wake up the world and alert them to the fact that not just the United States, um, every country in the world's sovereignty is going to be given away to the WHO. And there's a six month period in November. Um, you have a choice. You can sit on your butt mm-hmm. and do nothing. Yeah. And you got your one world government in November. Or you can get up off your ass, get informed, spread the word, take action. If you have a question, give me a phone call. James Rukeski, 310-619-3055. Don't you dare that info. David, I I love you, man. All right, so that was that. So I I had no idea any of this was going on as well. Uh, There is another uh, link down in the description, and basically this one is like a toolbox that you can – what you can do, the things that you can uh, do to kind of uh, help make it make your uh, congressman or you know legislators uh, aware of, so they don't um, you know because there is six months to be able to renege on this or or not or say no we don't we don't want like buyers or more basically. Um, so yeah, thanks for uh, stopping by, checking out the information. James Rogeski will be on my show on Monday or possibly later on this evening. I'm not sure. I have it scheduled for Monday, but I double booked, so I have to figure something out. Uh, he's got a lot of good information, though. He's a great researcher. Uh, if you want to find uh, the show, the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, go to my link tree, and just the uh, link is in the description. And uh, yeah, you can, every place that the show is at, my social media, all that stuff is in my link tree. And I think that is about it. So uh, until next time, keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go Podcast. Sean is a single dad. A union blue-collar guy. And he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.